Welcome to the FBC Natchez Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Martin, and we have a wonderful show planned for you today. And in the studio, we do have a wonderful, very special guest, Jason Burnett. Hey, everybody. Oh, Jason, you've got that wonderful tag that you always say in all of your videos, everything. That's right. In my videos, everything I write, it's just a nice, solid, hey, everybody. Every time. So for for some of you that may not know about the pandemic and doing the videos last year, we would make videos uh, and we all had catchphrases in our videos. And for sure, the one that stood out the most was Jason with... Hey, everybody. That's it. That's it. That's the one. Uh, Suzanne was uh, was hers like, hello, friends. Or, hello, friends. Oh, yeah. Good impression. That was hers. And, uh, of course, I, I don't remember. I'm sure I had one on there. I had verbal fillers, uhs and so's and likes and things like that. And so and Chandler had his fair share of of of. Uh, Chandler isms in his videos as well, but we all do. That's just kind of, you know, how we are. Uh, so I, I am so excited to uh, have Jason here with us. We're just going to, let's just start out with some fun things, Jason. Okay? okay. All right. All right. So who's your favorite superhero and why? So I would say my favorite superhero is probably Superman, but probably not for the reasons that people think. So here's a controversial take. Hopefully this won't offend a bunch of people. Um, Batman is not a superhero. Okay? What? Because he does not have superpowers. He has tons of money. He has gadgets. Uh, he has the wherewithal to be able to do that or people to make it for him. That's fantastic. Same thing with Iron Man. Um, those are not superheroes. Okay. Superman, Spider-Man, even Aquaman is more of a superhero than uh, Batman and Iron Man. Jason, you you have just crushed a bunch of kids who may be listening to this podcast right now. Look, I you know what? Batman is very respectable. There's nothing wrong with him. He does a lot of good things. A superhero he has not. Oh man. So well, if you're listening to this podcast, I am incredibly sorry for what you just had to hear from from Mr. Jason about his superhero. Well, it's been a good three run, uh, three episode run of the podcast. It's a shame that it has to end today <laughs> in, you a, killed it. You in just a blazing a flame of glory. But uh hey, it is what it is. <laughs> I guess so. Well, tell us what you'd like to do on your days off. Uh, I love hanging out with uh, my wife, Miss Suzanne. I uh, love being able to go outside for runs, going downtown by the bluff, um, and just kind of exploring, traveling. Recently, we had an opportunity to visit family in New York. Uh, Syracuse area was a lot of fun. Um, just being able to explore new things. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, you got us a short, funny joke? Well, yeah. Matt Martin. I mean... <laughs> That's that's all you need. The punchline for a short, funny joke. Matt Martin. And look, here I am. I'm right here. No, probably one of my favorite jokes, and I don't know if I can get through it. Um, what is E.T. short for? Oh, yeah. One of my favorites on our uh, dad joke episode that we did two year, two or three years ago. All right. So what's E.T. short for? Because he's got little legs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very good, Jason. Okay, um, tell us one thing that we may not know about you. Well, uh, one of my passions in life, probably not as much as 
it was when I was a kid, but I was a huge major fan of professional wrestling. So um, I still know some of the entrance music for a lot of the the wrestlers and superstars from the 80s and 90s um, in the early 2000s. Outside of that, I'm, I'm not as keen, but that was something that I watched a ton of and I've wasted a lot of brain space on uh useless wrestling knowledge so uh that's something that i always enjoyed as a kid i i enjoy uh quizzing jason on wrestling theme music and so you can actually go to youtube so i challenge anyone listening today if you see mr jason at church you need to pull up wrestling theme music from what 80s 90s yeah late 80s uh all the 90s and early 2000s yeah. And I I can guarantee that he's going to ace that quiz of those wrestling theme music. Oh, I mean, it was a prime time of wrestling. Wonderful, wonderful time. Yes. And I, too, used to watch wrestling during that time. And uh, I didn't make it over to WCW very much. Uh, I thought it was a little bit inferior wrestling, but I did like watching at the time WWF, but then now WWE. But at the time, uh, watching uh, Brett the Hitman Hart and the Sharpshooter. Absolutely. With those sunglasses. Oh, you just brought back everyone's childhood right now. Yeah. And the stringy hair that they all had. And always looked like they came out of the shower. Immediately it came out. Yes, absolutely. Well, Jason, um, you know, uh, we've wanted to have different staff members on and just kind of share their background, like their personal testimony and kind of their call to ministry and what they do here at First Baptist. So let's just let's just kind of kick that off by giving us a brief testimony of your life and, and you becoming a Christian. Sure. Um, I was very fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home um, with mom and dad, both involved in the church, whether it's um, Sunday school teachers or directors, deacons, always there. So I had an opportunity to be there when I was younger. I came forward during uh, vacation Bible school um, with a pastor asking, hey, if there's anyone that wants to pray to receive Christ. And I came forward not fully knowing what that decision would entail. It wasn't until my senior year that I went on a mission trip and God um, revealed to me that I wasn't as genuine in that decision as I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So I came forward and um, got baptized again. And from that point forward, I kind of see that as either rededication or um, as truly beginning my relationship with God. And then um, going from there, surrendering to the ministry, I actually... um, was a music major that I got my degree, both my bachelor and my master's in music and studied that uh, for nine years and worked in various churches as a music minister. And then as time went on, God was changing my calling, going Mm. from Mm -hmm. music to children. And even now um, at FBC Natchez, I'm glad that I can still use that that calling that knowledge, um, that experience that I have in various ways, working with Derek, working with Terry, the musicians being able to lead every so often. So uh, I love doing that, but I love what I'm doing with the kids, spending time with them, hanging out. Um, when my wife and I lived in New Orleans, I was the director of a summer camp for five years and then worked at First Baptist New Orleans as the assistant children's minister and kind of from there it grew into um just a calling that god has on my life working with kids suzanne mentioned it long before i recognized it she said one day you will be a children's minister and i fought her tooth and nail and finally i gave in and said okay 
I think I should be, I think God's calling me to be a children's minister. Good. Oh, that That's interesting. So give us a little more background into that children's ministry and going into children's ministry. Tell us a little more about your experience when you were in seminary and at First Baptist. Um, was it, what'd you say? First Baptist New Orleans? Yeah, First yeah. Baptist New Orleans. Yeah. And even through that, one of the things that I really enjoyed, you know, at the time going from one ministry to the other, you know, really wrestling with that at times thinking, well, did I waste my time or did I miss something? Should I have gone, you know, studying children's ministry? And, and God really showed me that um, various things that I learned in music ministry, whether it's working with a choir, working with a pastor, working with other staff or musicians, well, you still have to have those same communication skills in children's ministry, whether it's working with the kids, working with the teachers, with parents. Um, There's still that communication that needs to be able to take place. You know, for a choir practice, when you're a music minister working with the choir, you may only have 45 minutes to an hour. So you have to have everything organized, nailed down exactly what you want to do. You can't um, really waste time with communication that's not needed. The same thing with kids. You are communicating with them in a lesson. If you start to ramble, if you start to not stay on point, they will get distracted and they will uh, find things to keep their attention. That's not you. And so uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, starting in New Orleans, working at the summer camp, being the director. Um, That was kind of more of a secular program, but also being able to do Bible stories with them and being able to walk alongside not only them, but college students as well as the counselors. And then working with First Baptist New Orleans um, in a more um, traditional church setting. Yeah, that that, that's really good. so we know that you are our children's pastor. We, we've mentioned that on on the show. So what is exactly do you do as children's minister here at First Baptist? What does maybe a day in the life of Jason Burnett look like as you're getting ready for Wednesday night and Sunday morning? Sure. So uh, a lot of the things that I do are in preparation for Wednesday and Sunday. And also, um, whether it's vision casting or planning for the semester or even, you know, summer. So, um, one of the things that I do is I communicate with our teachers. I communicate by getting our lessons ready for them. Um, I take the curriculum that we use at gospel project and I kind of condense it into a, uh, user-friendly version. And then I send that to them. Um, also doing kind of different things ex- Outside of the classroom, for example, Suzanne and I both are leading chapel at uh, AC Mm -hmm. school. So we're doing that every two weeks. So working on those lessons, also um, working on things even now. We're working on the schedule for the semester and working on Christmas things for the kids because that's going to be right around the corner. And then once January starts, we'll be working on Vacation Bible School and Centra Kid and all those uh, different fun activities. It just takes time to plan those. Right. And and Jason is a very good planner. If you walk into his office, he's got notes on his board. He's got a little, tell him about your little, uh, your little day planner that you have. I think that's amazing. Like I've got one set, mine's digital, but I, I have the same, pretty much do the same thing on my computer that you do. 
So I recently, uh, I tease Matt and even Miss Suzanne at, at times for being a nerd, but I've really let my nerd show in the last couple nerdy, of weeks. Nerdy, nerdy, So I have, oh, so embarrassing. So I have taken a piece of paper that I have 15 minute increments from the time I get to the office at 8.30 by the time I leave at 4.30 that I challenge myself to get a task done every 15 minutes. Now, that may not be super nerdy. The extra nerdy thing is the fact that I've laminated it. He has laminated it, people. So that way I can write on it using my uh, marker and then I can wipe it off at the end of the day and I can start fresh. So if there is something that I'm not going to do that day, I may write it on the big board in my office. And if it's tasks that I'm completing and whether it's texting parents, texting you know, leaders, printing something off, copying something. Um, I'll write that on, on my form as something to do that day. And so that kind of gives me um, a set number of tasks that I try to achieve. It keeps me on point throughout the day. And of course, some of the activities like sending a text message is less than 15 minutes and some activities like I have this podcast on my on my schedule for uh, the time that we're here. And that may be longer than 15 minutes. So I'll, I'll have to catch up by sending a couple text messages. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, I, I point that out because I think it, it's good for all of us, really. It, it, no matter what job we're doing to try to be as organized as we can to use our time efficiently, to do what we can every day to bring honor and glory to the Lord. And that even means trying to structure our day in a way that's appropriate where we can be efficient with our work. So I, I do think that's amazing. I know other people do that as well in some different fashions. You know, some people have planners and some people do it on their phones and computers and some people do it out on paper. I've, I've done all those things. <clears throat> and then I, I found that um, the digital works for me better because I have it with me all the time. So I can always look at it. Well, tell us about your uh, philosophy of ministry. So your philosophy of ministry and working with kids and children and parents, you know, how'd you come up with it or, or what is it that you do um, with your philosophy of ministry here? Sure. Something that God has shown me uh, over the course of several years is for, you know, my role in the ministry is not I do work with kids and I spend time with them, especially on Sundays when we do kids worship and even today going to you know the school and doing um, chapel there. That's time for me to spend time. But the majority of my week, I'm actually not spending as much time with kids as you would think. I am preparing, getting things ready for the leaders as they come in for Sunday school, for life groups, for Wednesday nights, because they're all teaching. And then I'm around that if somebody's out or um, if they need supplies, I'm getting things for them, making sure that they are equipped, that they don't have to worry about it, that it's already taken care of. Um, so my philosophy is I want to equip them to be able to lead the the kids and spend time with them. And even, you know, something that has happened um, with technology and so many different things that we have uh, access to now that everything can be outsourced, which is fantastic. It can be um, outsourced, whether it's lawn care, whether it's plumbing, something going on with our house, uh, our taxes, anything that if we don't want to do it, we can hire somebody else 
to kind of do it for that field. So my philosophy is I never want it to be that as a children's minister, I am doing the ministering for the families. I want to be able to walk alongside them. And if a family comes in and says, hey, look, I, I want to do a Bible study with my kids. I want to teach them about prayer. I don't know how to do it. And so I would love to be able to show them resources, whether it's from Lifeway or outside resources, things that we may have, something that we can even work together to make up ourselves. Um, But my biggest goal, my biggest joy is when a family comes to me and says, hey, you know, you're doing this curriculum on Sunday for Sunday school and for life groups. And we talked about it in the car ride on the way home. And um, or I've gotten text messages from families talking about baptism or talking about uh, the Lord's Supper and what that may mean Mm -hmm. or, you know, things like that. I love those conversations that take place with families um, at random times. Maybe it's the dinner table, maybe it's in the car. But my role as children's minister is to equip the families to give them the tools that they need because parents, they spend more time with their kids than I do. I I get such a small amount of time with them. And certainly when I do see them, I want to encourage them. Uh, If they need prayer, I certainly want to be there and do that. To have those gospel conversations, I love talking with kids about that. But for me, I love hearing stories that parents come to me and say, hey, we are talking about the gospel or I presented you know, the gospel of salvation with my kids at home or we pray together every night. Mm. I love that because that's them taking ownership. And, you know, long after they are, if they move or if they move up to the student ministry, then those are equipping those children with those uh, key tools that they need to continue to have that relationship of with God down the road. Absolutely. What I love about our staff is that you, Suzanne, Chandler, myself, we all want to help parents. You know, we want to help parents disciple their children. What we have to realize is, in one sense, it's not our job to disciple children. Now, in another sense, it is. So what I mean by that is that ultimately it's the responsibility of the parents to disciple their children. Uh, in the Lord. Now, what we want to do and how we respond to that is want to help parents. So that means we've got programs here. We've got Sunday morning stuff. We've got Sunday, uh, Wednesday night stuff. You know, we've got um, various events that you and Suzanne plan, a Chandler plans for the kids. And then we also have things that we can do like you have uh, done for parents and have parent meetings and things like that. So we want to equip parents as well to disciple their children. Cause we have to remember that we only have them for what 45 minutes or so on Wednesday, uh, an hour or two on Sunday. And then the rest of the time, where are they? They're with their parents, right? right? So we want to do what we can to not only help disciple children, youth, but we also want to help equip parents to do that as well. Yeah. And I just love that about our staff. Well, in, Life is complicated. Life can be challenging and hard. And there's a lot of things that come up and Mm -hmm. there are some conversations that parents, you know, are able to have with their kids. And there are others that they just may need help with, whether it is um, a biblical conversation or not. And we want to be a resource. We want to be we want to help them. We want to be able to walk alongside them in that process because, you know, the biggest thing that I think the enemy wants to do is 
for us as men and women of God, that we have children in our home um, or in our families, and we have the opportunity to speak with them, to have those conversations, but we get nervous because we don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. So then we choose to say nothing. And so, yes, we don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think if we can take advantage of the resources that are around us, maybe that's you know the church staff, maybe that's other resources that you can find online, um, various things, even just straight from scripture, using that as a resource to be able to minister to your family together. Wonderful. Well, that that's a great segue into our last question here is, you know, what are some good resources to help educate others regarding your particular area of ministry? So give us a book or two, uh, maybe a podcast or something you listen to. Maybe there's a website you can point some people to that you think is very helpful. So what are some resources that you would recommend regarding children's ministry? Yeah, I think one of the greatest resources that we have right now is just even our curriculum. You know, as far as um, we use the Gospel Project on both Wednesdays and Sundays. And one thing that you can do is walk alongside your child and say, hey, what exactly are you studying? Or contact me. I would love to um, reach out to you and kind of send you some things at home, some things that you guys can continue to talk about. And that's kind of more about just the Bible itself of what your kids are studying. Um, There is several podcasts. There's a bunch of them. One that uh, I listen to from time to time is Lifeway Kids. Now, this is a Lifeway sponsored podcast, and this is uh, hosted by Chuck Peters, and it is a podcast that somewhat can be for churches and for children's ministers, but it's also very impactful for parents as well, whether it's um, any sort of topics, maybe whether it's coming through the pandemic or working with special needs or even just having gospel conversations in the home that some of the episodes are geared towards, you know, churches and things like that. But a lot of the podcast, the episodes can be used for parents as well. Good, good. Um, what about websites? Is there any, any websites specifically, or would you just encourage them to go to the gospel project website and, and look at some of their resources on there? Yeah. Gospelproject.com uh, has several resources, um, blog posts. Lifeway has a great um, resource. Even kids ministry one one is a magazine that they do that, Again, somewhat is geared towards churches, but it also has um, articles in there for parents. Uh, Maybe it's activities that you can do at home, kind of continuing that those lessons they're getting at at churches or maybe different topics. Um, I think even just kind of doing some research on your own. Now, you do have to be careful of the different websites and things like that that you find because we want to make sure that it it is uh, a good resource. But right. um, I definitely trust Lifeway, um, all the different resources that, that they have there. And then what's great about Lifeway is that they provide their sources that they pull from. So, you know, you can go from a Lifeway.com and it may lead you uh, to another website um, or another resource Uh, And I think even for families, even just starting with um, a small devotional book, you know, Mm -hmm. starting from somewhere, because, again, you may find that, you know, schedules are hectic. When are we going to find time to do a devotion? And you kind of have to do what's best for your family. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's before they go to bed. Um, I know you've shared with us before that you do yours 
during dinner time. Yep, that's right. That everyone is guaranteed to be around the table. Everyone's captivated. And no one's falling off their bed. Right. No one's turning flips on the ground. No right. one. No one fell asleep. At least. At least I think or aware of. If they do fall asleep at the dinner table, I throw food at them. Yeah. Unless it was you that one time that fell asleep. <laughs> or Melanie. Yeah. That's right. Um, but you know, everyone's guaranteed to be there, and you can discuss it together. And it's not something that you have to check off a list, but it is something that's important that uh, needs to take place. So I think even starting with a three minute devotional and you can find those either on Lifeway or Amazon or, you know, a, a, um, a Bible bookstore, things like that. But there's so many resources out there. Absolutely. Well, that is another episode in the books, Mr. Jason. So are you excited about that? Hey, everybody. Oh, there, there's a hey, everybody, for you who are listening. And so we would appreciate it if you would like, rate, leave us a nice review. Tell your friends about us. Let everybody know that you subscribe to the FBC Natchez podcast. And so on behalf of the church staff here at FBC, we love you guys. We're praying for you. And we will talk to you next time on the... Bye, everybody. Oh, just knew you were going to say FBC Natchez podcast. Booyah. See you next time.